0: This is an adult education podcast of Lanier Technical College. If you are a lawful resident of the state of Georgia and are interested in more free lessons to improve your English or prepare for your high school equivalency diploma, such as the GED or HISET, please visit our website, www.LanierTech.edu. Click on adult education and follow the instructions. And now for our lesson. Hello, my name is Helen Pope, Adult Education Instructor at Lanier Technical College. Welcome to our podcast today, and in this lesson we will discuss topics in Physics and GED Physical Science, Forces, and Newton's Laws of Motion. By the end of this lesson, you will be able to explain and answer questions on what a force is, and have a better understanding of Sir Isaac Newton's Three Laws of Motion the law of inertia, the law of acceleration, and the law of equal and opposite forces. This podcast was made especially for those studying for the GED science test, but it is designed so that anyone interested in the topic of forces can follow along. According to legend, sometime in the middle of the 17th century, Sir Isaac Newton, or just Isaac Newton as he was known then, Was sitting under an apple tree when an apple hit him on the head. Whether the apple really fell on his head is hard to say, but according to the well-known story, seeing this apple fall led Newton to develop his theory of gravity and the three laws of motion. Stick around for a closer look at what these three laws are, and to dive deeper into the fundamentals of forces in physical science. Let's first get something straight. What is a force? You most likely have a good understanding of what this means but in physics we can define a force as anything that acts on an object to move it from a resting state basically from not moving to moving or that acts to change an object's direction of motion from going towards one direction to going towards another If there's a ball in the middle of a football field and no one touches it, and no other forces act on it, it will stay there still, at rest, not moving. If we kick the ball, our kick produces a force that acts on the ball, and which changes its direction of motion. The ball keeps going until other forces, like wind and gravity, slow it down, and it falls to the ground, or a lucky fan in the crowd stops and catches it. We all have an intuitive understanding of how forces work since our actions and motions are governed by them all the time, every day of our lives. But it was Sir Isaac Newton who first developed and popularized a set of laws defining these dynamic forces in scientific terms, which we know as Newton's laws of motion. As we said, there are three, so let's look at what we call Newton's first law of motion there are two fundamental ideas in the first law an object at rest will stay at rest unless acted upon by an external force and the second part to the first law is that an object in motion and moving at a constant speed will stay in motion and moving at the same speed or velocity unless acted upon by an external force By the way, this law is also known as the law of inertia, because it describes the idea of continuing at the same speed, whether something is moving or staying still. So let's break this down. This is basically the same idea we covered in our football example. Our object is the football, and the external force is our kick. If no one kicks the ball, no wind blows the ball, and no mole pops up from underneath the ball to shoot it into the air. then the ball will stay at rest. An object at rest doesn't move. The other part to Newton's first law concerns objects in motion. Now imagine our football field is in the middle of space, outside of Earth's gravity and with no air for the ball to go through. If we kick our football in the middle of space then that ball will travel at the same speed from when we first kicked it and it won't stop traveling in pretty much a straight line until it hits something or it's pulled toward the planet or star. Down here on Earth, of course, things are a little different, and we'll touch on that when we get to Newton's third law. But basically, unless something slows an object down, it will continue to move in the same direction and at the same speed. If we fired something into the black of space, it's possible that it would keep going pretty much forever. Now Newton's second law of motion goes a little something like this. The net force of an object is directly related to its mass and acceleration. We can also think of this in the form of an equation. Net force equals mass times acceleration, or multiplied by acceleration, or F equals ma. This is also sometimes known as Newton's law of acceleration. So how do we make sense of this definition? First, looking at mass, we can think of this as the amount of matter in an object. Although there's a difference between them, the mass of an object is directly related to its weight. I like to think of mass as just how much stuff something is. Next we have acceleration. Of course, anyone who drives, as well as many of you who don't, will think of a speedometer on a car when you hear acceleration. We can think of acceleration in terms of the change in velocity, which is a bit like speed, over time. So acceleration is how much an object's speed increases or decreases in a set amount of time. The reason we say velocity here and not speed is because velocity and acceleration are what we call vectors. What is a vector? This is just a measurement that has both a quantity or amount and a direction. Velocity can be thought of as the speed of an object in one direction. In fact, to break it down a little more, we use different words to describe these ideas. Speed is the change in distance over time. It is the sum, or total, of all distance covered in a set amount of time. Velocity is the change in displacement over time. Now, remember we said velocity is a vector. It has a direction associated with it. Displacement is also a vector. Instead of the total distance covered, displacement is the shortest distance from a starting point to an end point. To think about the difference, imagine I am taking a friend, Dustin, to the airport. I start from my house, and I'm picking Dustin up from his house. The airport is on the way to Dustin's house, meaning I have to drive past the airport, pick up Dustin from his house, and then drive back the way I came to reach the airport. The airport is 10 miles away from my house, and Dustin's house is another 10 miles away from the airport or 20 miles from my house. The distance I have traveled is simply the total miles traveled, so 20 miles to Dustin's house and then another 10 miles from Dustin's to the airport, so 30 miles total distance. The displacement is the distance from the starting point, my house, to the final or end point, which is the airport, or just 10 miles and since displacement is a vector it's 10 miles in the direction from my house to the airport you can also think of this as the distance to dustin's house 20 miles minus the distance back to the airport so 20 minus 10 or 10 miles okay so we got a little sidetracked here so let's head back to newton's second law We said mass is the amount of matter, or stuff, of an object, and acceleration is the change in velocity of an object. With that said, acceleration is also a vector, it has direction. So, mass multiplied by acceleration gives us the net force applied to an object. When we say net force, this is also a vector with direction, and we can think of it as the sum of all forces that may have different directions. If two people kick a ball at the same time, there are two forces acting on it. The net force has nothing to do with the goal, it's the resulting force of those two kicks in the direction that the ball will travel, which will be somewhere sort of between the directions of the two kicks. What all of this means is that the net force acting on an object depends on the mass of an object, how big, heavy, or how much stuff or matter it is made of, and the acceleration or the change in its velocity over time. If we have two identical cars travelling in a straight line, and driver A of one car is driving at a constant speed maybe with the cruise control set to 60 miles per hour and driver b of the other car has his or her foot down on the pedal accelerating from 50 to 60 miles per hour since we know the mass of the cars is the same let's assume the drivers are identical too we can say that the engine in driver b in driver b's car is exerting more force bringing that car's velocity up to 60 miles per hour compared to driver A's car that is just staying at a velocity of 60 miles per hour the whole way. We know this because of Newton's second law force equals mass times acceleration. In a different scenario we might have a small compact car driving at 30 miles per hour and a larger truck also driving at 30 miles per hour the same speed. Here the larger truck has a greater mass So again, using the equation, we know that the force moving the truck is greater than the force moving the compact car. Okay and finally we have Newton's third law of motion. This law states that each force has an equal and opposite force. Some may find this law the trickiest of all three to understand, but it starts to make a lot of sense if we look at it alongside the other two of Newton's laws. Put more simply, the third law states that forces exist in pairs. This is related to the idea of conservation of momentum, which means forces don't just act and disappear. If a force is applied to an object, that same object applies the same force right back. If a bike wheel hits a rock, it's not just the bike applying a force to the rock, the rock is also pushing back with the same force against the bike wheel. One of the best examples of this law is the mechanics behind how space rockets work. If you've ever watched a space launch down in Houston, Texas, then you've seen the rockets flare up with fire and gases shooting out the exhaust. The force from this is evidently enough to push a rocket out of the Earth's atmosphere and gravitational pull, and into space. The fact that the rocket travels in the opposite direction of the flames and gases firing out the bottom of the rocket demonstrates this idea of equal and opposing forces. Of course, fighting gravity and pushing through the air requires a good amount of force too, so you can imagine that rocket engines are incredibly powerful. We give names to all the forces acting in this situation. The firing of gases down from the exhaust causes the rocket to shoot upward a force on the rocket known as thrust the resistance from the air as the rocket moves upward is known as drag and the pull of gravity and the mass of the rocket together is a force known as weight we can say the firing of gases is about equal and opposite to thrust, drag and weight and that the thrust pushing upward is equal and opposite to the drag and weight pulling down Let's take a smaller scale example here too. What about us kicking that football? There are at least three main forces acting in this situation. Firstly, when we kick a ball, we feel its weight against our foot or boot. This is an opposing force that acts on our foot in around about the opposite direction to the direction the ball will travel. Another opposing force is, of course, gravity. If our kick causes the ball to travel up into the air at all, it will soon be pulled back towards the Earth by the Earth's gravity. What goes up must come down. Lastly, we have the force known as air resistance. Unlike in space, which is mostly an empty vacuum, the air on Earth is not nothing. It's made up of gas particles. When we kick a ball into the air these gas particles exert air resistance, an opposing force acting against the force pushing the ball into the air. Since the ball eventually stops, we have evidence of the idea that forces acting on objects are equal and opposite. In fact, now that we have an understanding of each of Newton's three laws of motion, we can start to make a lot more sense of our football kicking problem. We just covered how the third law applies, and the fact that the ball eventually stops is evidence of Newton's first law, that objects tend to stay at rest. Remember, objects generally don't want to move. The other part of the first law is that objects in motion, moving at a constant speed, will stay that way until another force acts on them. The boot recoil, gravity, and air resistance are the external forces that gradually slow and stop our ball from continuing to move at the same speed from when it was kicked. Finally, if we revisit Newton's second law here, we see the ball travel further in a set amount of time if we kick it harder. A harder kick means a greater force applied to the ball, and if it travels further in the same amount of time than if we gave a weak kick, we can see that the harder we kick it, the greater its acceleration. If we keep kicking the same ball just as hard in a straight line across a pitch, and it stays the same mass, it's the same ball, it will keep more or less a constant velocity. This proves to us that force equals mass times acceleration and shows Newton's second law in action. Okay, so we've looked at what forces are, what a vector is, what we mean by mass and acceleration, and all three of Newton's laws of motion, let's try putting this knowledge to the test in our practice questions section. So, to start us off, question one, which of these is the best definition for force? A anything causing an object to accelerate b anything causing an object to start moving or change direction c anything causing the velocity of an object to increase in one direction or d anything causing an object to fall down to earth okay so hopefully this one is straightforward We can define a force as anything that causes an object to move from rest or go from still to moving and anything that causes an object to change direction so our answer here is B anything causing an object to start moving or change direction Question 2 which of these is not a vector? and here there may be more than one answer So which is not a vector? A. Velocity B. Speed C. Acceleration D. Force E. Displacement and F. Distance And we'll get to this answer after the next question. So question 3 Which of these is the best definition of acceleration? a. the change in velocity over time, b. the change in distance over time, c. the change in speed over time, or d. the change in displacement over time. So remember, a vector is a unit with a quantity and a direction. We said that the differences between speed and velocity and distance and displacement is that velocity and displacement are vectors they have direction. In fact velocity is displacement over time and because displacement has direction so does velocity. Similarly and here we get to the answer to question 3 acceleration is a, the change in velocity over time and so acceleration is also a vector Finally, remember that force equals mass times acceleration. So forces too have direction and are vectors. That leaves us with b, speed, and f, distance, which are not vectors and are therefore our answers. Some of you may be thinking, wait, isn't acceleration the change in speed over time? Here, when we are talking about physics, acceleration is technically the change in velocity because it's a vector, it has direction and speed does not. Question 4. Which of these would increase net force exerted based on Newton's second law of motion? a increasing the mass of an object b decreasing the mass of an object C. Increasing the acceleration of an object or D. Decreasing the acceleration of an object This question is maybe easier than it seems if you again remember that Newton's second law can be summarized as the equation F equals MA or force equals mass times acceleration then either increasing the mass of an object or increasing the acceleration of an object will increase the resulting net force. The same also works in reverse, so like our football example, if we kick the same object harder with more force, it will accelerate more. Question 5. Which of Newton's laws does the following scenario illustrate? A space rocket burns fuel and fires gas from the exhausts underneath. The force pushing down from the rocket is enough to fire the rocket upward, through the air and atmosphere, and away from Earth's gravity into space. A Is this Newton's first law of inertia? B Newton's second law of acceleration? C. Newton's third law of equal and opposite forces or D, Newton's fourth law of gravity Okay, so what do we remember about Newton's laws of motion? A. Newton's first law of inertia tells us that an object at rest stays at rest and an object moving at a constant speed keeps moving at the same speed unless something slows it down This, of course, applies to our rocket scenario, but it's not really what we're talking about here. Newton's first law means that unless the rocket fires up, it will stay put, and once it's moving through space, it will keep going until another force acts on it. B. Newton's second law of acceleration tells us that the net force applied to objects is equal to their mass, the amount of stuff, matter multiplied by their acceleration, their change in velocity over time. It takes more force to move a more massive object. And the more an object's speed or velocity is increasing, the greater the force applied. This means that a lot of force is needed to get a rocket into space. But again, not quite everything we're talking about in the passage. Newton's third law of equal and opposite forces is what we're looking at here. When a space rocket burns fuel and pushes gases down from underneath, this results in the rocket travelling upward from the ground. But these are not the only forces acting, since the force from the engines pushing down also allows the heavy rocket to travel through the air and atmosphere and to escape the Earth's gravity. We can also show that the downward force from the rocket engines is equal to the forces moving the rocket upward, the air being pushed out the way of the rocket, called air resistance, and the gravity trying to pull the rocket back down to earth. So remember, in this case, the net force of the rocket going up, its thrust, is equal and opposite to the net forces pushing down, drag, and weight. And this is what Newton meant by equal and opposite forces. And D. Newton does have a law related to gravity, but it is not one of Newton's three laws of motion and not really what we're describing in the passage. Alright, we've reached the end of the podcast. But before we head off, a quick summary of what we covered today. We covered Newton's three laws of motion. Remember, Newton's first law of inertia states that an object at rest tends to remain at rest and an object moving at a constant speed tends to keep moving in the same direction and at the same speed. The situations only change when an external force acts on an object. It doesn't matter how much you stare at an egg and try to crack it with your mind, it will stay still unless you or something else physically moves it. Newton's second law of acceleration states that the net forces acting on an object are proportional to the object's mass multiplied by its acceleration, or f equals ma. Mass is a measure of of the amount of stuff of an object, and as a general rule, in day-to-day situations, a bigger object normally means more mass. Acceleration is the change in velocity of an object over time. It is a measurement of how quickly or slowly an object is gaining or losing speed. An object with a high mass and accelerating at a high rate will have a much greater force than an object with less mass accelerating at the same rate, or the same high mass object accelerating at a lower rate. When we introduced Newton's second law, we also talked about vectors. Unlike distance and speed, vectors are units of measurement that also include direction. Some common vectors are displacement, the shortest distance between a start and end position, velocity, the change in displacement over time, or how far from a starting point is an object after a certain amount of time, acceleration, which is the change in velocity over time is the velocity increasing more quickly or slowly and lastly force, which is the acceleration of an object multiplied by its mass, the amount of stuff it has again, these all have a direction think of our rocket example where the gas pushed from the exhaust fires downwards but pushes our rocket upward against drag and weight that both pull down the direction of the net force will be the sum or the adding and subtracting of all forces and their directions. Of course this can get complicated because our world is 3D. And Newton's third law of equal and opposite forces states that every force has an equal and opposite force and so forces come in pairs of two. This means that when we kick a ball the ball also pushes back against our foot. When we kick a ball into the air the ball pushes against our foot and moves up into the air and air resistance or drag and gravity or weight pull down on the ball to eventually bring it back down to the ground. We hope this lesson introducing you to Newton's Three Laws of Motion has been helpful and that maybe you gained some understanding or refreshed your memory a little. That's all for today, my name's Hallam Pope, thank you for listening to another Lanier Technical College podcast and until next time, goodbye. This concludes the lesson. Please make a note of the time, complete your log sheet, and turn your log in to your instructor at the end of the week. Then complete the follow-up activities assigned by your instructor or in your course module. This podcast has been a production of Lanier Technical College Adult Education.